the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. I don't know if you missed us last week, but I definitely uh, missed chatting last week, missed doing the podcast. So very happy to be back after a nice restful week off, though I will say that. I'm your host, Lindsay Barnett. I am joined with London Free Press City Hall reporter Megan Stacy. Meg, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back this week, Lindsay. Thank you once again for joining me. Um We've got to talk about an interesting story, and the Free Press actually has an exclusive update with regards to a fire that happened at 1281 Hillcrest Ave in London. This was on February 1st, so I want to backtrack a little bit first, Meg, before we get into the exclusive. What happened with this fire on Feb 1st? Yeah, good question. We can start with the basics. So there was an overnight fire uh, and really in the early morning hours. This was on Hillcrest Ave, sort of in the northeast part of the city near Huron and Highbury. And so really this was a near miss, Lindsay, and I think we can say that pretty safely. There were three women that were pulled from this fire uh, by two guys who happened to be walking by at three o'clock in the morning. They were pulled from a small basement window. Um, and, you know, those students, uh, one of them, they were students, and one of them talked to our reporters and said, you know, I, I thought I was going to die. Like, if these if these folks hadn't been walking by, if they'd been a few minutes later, we're not sure that we would have survived. So, you know, turns out you've got, uh, of course, firefighters on the scene. Then you end up with provincial fire investigators. They told us this bungalow, it's a single family home, was split into eight different bedrooms and had 14 beds inside. So you've got a major overcrowding situation. It was not licensed. Um, You know, any home, single family home that's being rented to tenants needs a residential rental unit license through City Hall. Did not have that. Uh, And, you know, really it was this fire that brought both of those issues, the overcrowding and the the fact that it was unlicensed to light. And, you know, there was a lot of concern, uh, obviously, especially from neighbors who said, hey, listen, we complained about this place, right? Like, 14, 15 people living in there, you see some activity, you see some people coming and going. I think there was even a neighbor who had reported seeing that volume of mattresses being moved into the house at some point. So anyway, there was, you know, uh, of course, some outcry there. Uh, City Hall and the London Fire Department ended up honoring these two gentlemen who had essentially saved these three, these three women pulling them to safety. So just a really awful situation, a near deadly fire, um, you know, and as I say, I, I really seems like a pretty close miss, you know, could have had deaths on our hands. And actually one of the, uh, the deputy fire chief here in London said that at this ceremony to honor these two men who, uh, who pulled the women to safety said, you know, these two gentlemen are responsible for keeping, preventing three more deaths, you know, from fires, which, which tragically we, we see uh, often right in this province. So really nasty situation. And then you've got the fallout too, where you realize, oh, it's an even nastier situation and overcrowding, uh, overcrowded, unlicensed rental. Yeah. Like you said, Meg, the numbers, just again, to reiterate, because when I first read this, the numbers are staggering. This tiny bungalow cut into eight rooms, 14 people living in it. And when you say 
it was almost a near miss. I want to be crystal clear in saying these two gentlemen who were heroes and helping to aid in the rescue um, pulled some women out of this house. And they, again, it's February 1st, dead of winter. They didn't have anything on their feet. Okay. There's snow, there's frost. Some were out. Um, they talk about not really having even anything more than a t-shirt on. Like it's frigid out. Um, this was scary and potentially deadly. It's I'm 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 very grateful that everybody got out safely. But now the question starts to arise: How did this happen? The first warning about this unlicensed rental uh, came from City Hall almost five years ago. What? How? How? How did we get here now? Really fair question, right? Where did the ball get dropped? Who dropped the ball? So we submitted a freedom of information request to get some more information on this property because things were not adding up after the fire, right? Uh, and as you say, a pretty serious situation, a lot coming to light only because of this tragedy with the fire. And so uh, we submitted a whole bunch of these requests, you know, looking for more details, things like uh, by law enforcement action that was taken on the home, emails between city officials, uh, all, all sorts of things. And so those were finally released. A whole bunch of documents were recently released to us. And what we saw is, as you say, the first letter. So a typical warning from City Hall that I'm sure goes out to unlicensed rentals um, often. I, I don't know how many there are in the city, but we know that they exist. And so this letter essentially says, paraphrasing, this is my language, but get your place licensed, right? We know you're running, uh, you, we know you're renting out this home, get your license through City Hall. It's got a deadline. They're usually about two, two and a half weeks after um, the letter saying, you know, you need to apply for this rental, residential rental unit license. And of course, with that license comes requirements, things like a fire inspection, um, sometimes additional inspections. That's the point of regulating them, right? So we can come in, especially in a single family home. I'm not a fire expert, but you're looking for things like proper exits, right? The ability for somebody to get out in the case of a fire and making sure that things are up to code so that you're able to, to rent your unit or rent this home or rent a duplex or triplex, whatever it is. So first letter comes in 2017 um, in October. So that's you know not quite five years ago. Uh, there were other bylaw enforcement actions between that time in 2022, but nothing to do with an unlicensed rental. So there were some complaints about like debris, trash on the front lawn. It appears that a couple of those things were investigated, but there is absolutely no record of, you know, anybody following up, anybody saying, hey, you missed this rental license uh, notice, you, you missed the deadline here. And this letter essentially threatens legal action, right? There's also the threat that if you take too long, we're going to start billing you for the inspections that we've got to do, right? Uh, so something is really odd there. The next letter arrives February 1st, 2022, or I don't know when it arrives. It's sent February 1st, 2022. That's the day of the fire. So clearly City Hall realized we got an unlicensed rental here and oh yeah, we actually knew about it five years ago. We better get another letter out way too late. I mean, we're, we're talking after this near deadly blaze rips through the house and, and leaves students homeless. So it's unclear what went wrong there. I asked City Hall, you know, what happened between 27, 2017 and 2022? Um, what other actions were taken? Is there something that's not apparent in these documents? Whole bunch of questions, right? Have charges, were charges ever laid against this landlord, this property owner um, who purchased the property? 
think that was in 2021. So it's possible there, it's, it seems there was a change of ownership at some time between those two letters as well. And what I got back was a, a made what two or three line statement. It did not really answer the questions. Um, you know, I'm not getting any answers from City Hall. And so uh, everybody seems tight-lipped about this. It's possible that there's ongoing or potential legal um, legal issues, right, or, or attempts to prosecute here. And that may be why we're getting some of this silence. But of course, it's very, very frustrating. Uh, what City Hall did say is that there was no rental license ever issued to this property. In some of the emails between city officials, it appears that there may once have been an application, but somehow it got rejected, missed, dropped. Again, that's unclear. I can't seem to get any answers there. But what we know is that there was no license at any point, including between the first warning almost five years ago and the warning that was issued um, last February, right after this fire. So you know, as a journalist, you don't like to leave people with a lot of questions when you're writing a story. But I'll tell you, I still have quite a few questions that don't have good answers. I think that's my biggest point of contention with this story. I moved to London as a student, just to be perfectly clear. Um, and I ended up staying, I fell in love with the city. But there was a time I wasn't always a homeowner, I rented different places in the city when I first moved here. And it starts to beg the question, how many other houses in the city are unlicensed? How many other houses have way too many people living in them? I know that you spoke to Councillor Mo Salee, and just to reiterate again, things were very tight-lipped, but I know you also spoke with a lawyer and certified specialist in municipal law. Um, It kind of begs the question, all eyes now are on City Hall, and how many other unlicensed houses are there in the city currently being rented we are a university college town right absolutely Lens. and you know I think that's really the question you know this happens right I'm sure all of us can name a place where somebody is renting a room or maybe the whole home and you know it's not done through the proper processes we all know that's happening and so the point that the lawyer made to me yesterday is you know she said flat out um this probably happens more than people think and what's the reason it's an overworked bylaw office overworked bylaw officers who, you know, not enough bodies to go around to enforce the rules that we have here in London. So I can't speak to that. I I can't, you know, City Hall certainly didn't provide that answer to me. Of course, it's possible. We do know that when conversations when debates have arisen about more regulation of the rental industry city officials have certainly said hey council like hold up just so you know we'd need to hire a ton more bylaw officers to enforce those rules so maybe it's possible there aren't enough bodies to circle back you know you send a warning letter in 2017 I suppose it's possible that no one's there to check on what happened but if so certainly seems like a gap that might be worth filling right as you say how many other um homes how many other rentals are in this situation and you're exactly right Lindsay you end up with people who maybe don't have another option maybe aren't even aware that you know the house they're living needs a rental license there's all sorts of circumstances like that and those people are really getting the short end of the stick there's not proper regulation there's not proper inspection like we talked about safety issues like fire code violations that are not caught and it's really frustrating. You can probably hear that I'm upset because, you know, I just find that appalling. Eight rooms, 14 beds, 
three women were rescued from this home and 12 others escaped on their own. So we're talking at least 15 people. You got to think that you're likely not living in that um, type of rental if you have a lot of options. We all know what the housing crisis looks like in this city and it's pretty tight. It's pretty hard to find a rental that's affordable. So it's pretty concerning, at least to me. And you do wonder how many other homes are in this um, in a similar circumstance. I wish I had a number for that. Don't, I don't know where to find that, but certainly we're continuing to ask some of those questions because uh, it's pretty frustrating. Well, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find those numbers, Meg, because no one's going to be like, Hey, yeah, I'm running a, an illegal rental property. Like no one's raising their hand. Give me your tips. Your... Give me your tips if you've got one in your neighborhood. That's what I'll say. That's that right. <laughs> I do want to talk about the house and the owner of the house a little bit, because this is a little bit interesting, uh, a piece of information to me. So the owner of the house lives in Toronto, the house currently still being investigated. So still sitting charred, boarded up, broken glass on the property, sitting in complete disrepair. No one is going to be able to move back into the house without repair work being um, done and the house being brought up to code. Um, So what's going on with the owner here and had there been any fatalities would the owner have been charged you know it's a really interesting question i mean on the surface uh you would think that and i'll speak generally uh you know if you are running an unlicensed rental and you've been warned to license said property and you don't of course there may be the potential for penalty of some kind again i can't speak specifically to this circumstance but you you I think it's reasonable to be asking those questions, which of course we have asked of City Hall in this case. So I did reach out to the landlord, the property owner. Property records show that um, indeed this person is the owner. As I mentioned earlier, it looks like he brought the bought the property last year. So uh, again, it's a little bit unclear, right? In 2017, was that the same rental? Uh, as being run now, it, it's a new person involved. So um Again, I I don't think that really explains a five-year gap, but certainly it may have something to do with the situation here. Uh, The landlord did pick up his phone. We had a lot of trouble reaching this property owner at the time of the fire. He did answer my call yesterday, but then refused to answer any questions. At first, he said he didn't have the information. He didn't didn't know, didn't understand quite what I was asking. And then he said he wasn't feeling well and hung up the phone. So before he hung up, I said, I'm going to send you an email with follow-up questions. Um, you unsurprisingly, that email was not returned. So we don't have a lot of information from this person. I do wonder, it's kind of interesting, you know, the state of the house now. It's possible, again, that this is all related, A, to ongoing fire and police investigations there, right? The Ontario Fire Marshal's office is still investigating. So it's possible that it is left in that state for a reason. No one was able to tell me that, but that is a possibility. Uh, and, And it's kind of interesting, right? I suppose if you're City Hall, you say, this isn't our mess to clean up property owner should be involved here right coming to town to at least sweep up the glass um again i don't know maybe it's a requirement that nothing is touched uh we're we're a few months on now from this situation so uh, i feel for everybody involved um you know most especially the people who are in that place but also for the neighbors who you know submitted a lot of complaints about this property and about the state that things were in years ago and are now left with you know a boarded up home um garbage around shards of glass still there. So it's really an unfortunate situation all the way around. 
Meg, I really appreciate your time and your deep dive into this story. If you're listening to this and you want to read more about it, make sure you do so in the pages of the London Free Press or, of course, over at lfpress.com. Meg and I joked that uh, nobody is volunteering themselves if they are running an illegal rental unit. But if you are a neighbor and you see something sketchy or something's a little unnerving to you, don't feel like you're being a narc by getting in touch with the city or Meg at mstacy at postmedia.com. This really could be a matter of life and death. And again, three lives were potentially very much on the line with regards to this house. So always keep that in mind. It should always be safety first. want to thank you once again for listening. If you're enjoying this and you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. We are streaming on all of the major platforms. We'll be back again next Thursday with another edition of the London Free Press Podcast. Until then, stay well. Stay well.